This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next on Plains FM, we have Movie Talk, a program for all things cinema-esque, for the discerning film and video junkie. Welcome again to Movie Talk. Today we'll be looking at the dark outcome of a young woman's search for her mother in Rose Plays Julie and the desperate saving of a dozen boys from a cave in Thailand in The Rescue. We also have news on the upcoming Italian Film Festival. Does the name Julie mean anything to you? I think about you all the time the kind of life you might be leading. Sometimes I think about the day we'll meet and what that will be like. I just don't, I don't want to cause any trouble. I just want to talk, that's all. How did it happen? Or can you tell me? I need to know who he is. And if I tell you his name, what will you do? Have you seen him? Yes, I have. In Rose Plays Julie, the search of a young woman for her mother triggers off a string of dark events that drastically change both of their lives. Mary Gibson has been off to the Alice cinemas to see this intense drama which poses ethical dilemmas with every twist of the plot. Mary, curiously enough, I maintained a deep sympathy for both the daughter and the mother throughout this film. What did you think of Rose plays, Julie? Oh, my goodness. This is an interesting movie. It is um, really quite a slow-burning, yeah. but very stylish and emotional thriller. Oh, it certainly gets you in, doesn't it? It does indeed. Because you can see what these people are worried about, worrying and suffering. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It really does pack an emotional punch on a number of levels because the story centres around a a young woman called Rose who is adopted into a very loving family. And she, uh, at the time that the movie starts, she's actually watching a film on script, on a you know a laptop or a screen or something, um, and she's living uh, at, at the halls of residence studying to be a vet. Yeah, and she decides that she wants to find her mother, her birth mother, um, and and she manages to track her down, and then finds that her birth mother is not interested in meeting her, as as is often the case, you know, because when someone is placed for adoption, often the birth mother will walk away, and that's the last. Thing that they expect is for that mm. person to come and find them. So it, it, it is emotionally um, fraught right from the from beginning, beginning yeah. from the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, she goes through this this uh, process of, of finding her mum. It's very haunting, actually, this movie. I, I found it very haunting because, you, you know, Rose is a, is a lovely young woman, but you never know that she seems just totally haunted by her past or, or the lack of or knowing her past. Of, yeah, yeah. 
and you never quite know what direction this is going to head in. So she she finds her mother and then eventually her mother comes around and starts to tell her the story of how she was conceived. And that then is another emotional punch right to the stomach um, <laughs> as, you, as you come to grips with this. And then, you know, as the story progresses and, and you're kind of thinking, oh, God, what's she going to do now and what's yeah. going to happen and where's this, where is this going to head? And, you know, you, you, aren't, <laughs> you aren't left wondering where, where it heads and, and the outcome. <laughs> and I, I honestly don't want to share the outcome because but, I think... Well, I think we should mention the fact that she is in search of a... She's yes, found a mother she's, she's and now she's mother. out yep. searching for and a she's father search and finds him. Yep, He's an archaeologist and, and she yep. asks yep. if she can work for him, yep. but she doesn't tell him. That he, who she, she is, is to him, and and mm. so you know, and and gosh, it's it, it is slow. It is a slow burn, and it's slow through the process. But that last sort of fifteen twenty minutes of that movie, <laughs> oh my goodness, you're on the edge of your seat. Yeah, I mean, you've you've mixed up in those dilemmas yeah. that, that they are. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. oh God, should this happen? Should you know, yeah, all this sort yeah, of thing? Yeah. You know. And it's very and, uh, very ethically uh, based on so many levels, isn't it? You know, just so many ethical questions that come into what the premise of this movie is about. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, you're kind of really championing Rose, um, who was, when she was born, you know, children are often given a name by their birth parent, and <laughs> she was called Julia. Ah. That was her birth name. So when it says Rose plays Julia, she then acts out as, as Julia, as, as herself. Mm, yeah, and yeah. so I think we can and share that. And ways a week to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we can share that because that's important to understand what that, what that mm. means. Um, but you know, if you want to go and see this movie, I think you really need to sit there and pay attention because it is it has so many pieces to it. And I know I, I often use the word nuanced, but this movie actually is yeah, really nuanced, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And you 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 want to you, you want to really like her, but sometimes I felt like, no, no, I'm not sure oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Where's this girl going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and you really want to like the mother and you understand the mother's feelings, but you don't want to like the father. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's and he comes across as quite a nice yeah, man at first. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, yeah, and, and I, I felt myself sitting there going, no, don't, oh, no, 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 don't do that, you know, because you just don't want it to head in the direction you know it will. <laughs> So, mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, the film is sort of very atmospheric throughout. They yeah. lay on the music quite yeah. heavy in parts, you know, different kinds of music, sort of mm. atmosphere music or pop mm. louder mm. music, all this sort of stuff. And um, and even the surroundings, you know, you go into mm. these sort of empty passageways inside the university is where she's it was significantly, she's studying to be a vet, mm. veterinarian. Mm. And, and, um, and now she's... She's learning about animal euthanasia mm, using mm, poison. Mm, mm. Maybe I shouldn't give that away. <laughs> no, no, no. And and I think that that's really interesting as well. So you have. That's why I say you have to pay attention to all of those little pieces yeah, because yeah. they all play into the total plot and the outcome and and where this heads at the end. I must admit, at the end of it, I was kind of like, oh. 
gosh, you know, left hanging slightly. Um, but yeah, it's 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 an interesting movie, and and I think people will either love it or hate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, I just sort of puzzle how they could have thought this up in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make a movie about this. Well, wow. I mean, yeah. it's not an easy subject that they tackle, and uh, but they do tackle it well. Yes, they do really well, mm. and it is well acted too. You know, it, it's not well known or big actors, but no. it is well acted and well played out. Yeah. Um, and and you know and it, and it is dark and moody, isn't it? Yep. Oh no, that's yeah, that's good stuff. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you, Mary. <laughs> that was Mary Gibson with her views on Rose plays Julie, and I'm Hans Petrovic on Movie Talk on Plains of M ninety six point nine. With me now on the phone is Paolo Rotondo, the artistic director of the Italian Film Festival, which starts at the Lumiere Cinemas tomorrow. Paolo, this festival should have been screened at the end of August, but was cancelled due to the COVID lockdown. I assume the films to be shown now are the same as those of three months ago. What are some of the highlights of the more than 20 films to be screened? Oh, it's, there's so many good films, but I'll talk to you in terms of the categories of the films. Because yep. we've got different genres. So I would say that one of my favourite comedies would be, um, there's a film called I Hate Summer, and it's about the Italian summer holidays, which is a sort of a, a ritual, a little bit like New Zealanders, really, where they all have to, everyone has to go to the beach and get the sea. I mean, of course, it's 40 degrees in the summer there in the <laughs> south. So yeah. um, it's this beautiful comedy about three families from different parts of Italy and different social stratas, and they all triple book into one house, and they end up having to share it. And um, so it's a wonderful, beautiful comedy, and it was the biggest box office success in Italy last year. Oh, wow. I, ha- I Hate Summer. Um, <laughs> I Hate Summer. Right. Beautifully <laughs> ironic. But mm-hmm. in terms of the, the, there's also a classic film, which is a comedy drama with the great Sofia Loren called Marriage Italian Style. Uh, that's one of the great golden age of Italian cinema films. Yeah, this was my 1964 with Marcello Mastroianni, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Exactly. And so Mastroianni um, was hugely famous from La Dolce Vita. Sofia Loren had just won an Oscar a few years earlier for Two Women, which is also in the festival. And um, they're directed by Vittorio De Sica, who was a three-time Oscar winner. And uh, for me, it is the greatest example of Italian cinema of that age. And Sofia Loren is majestic in her role. Yeah. um, She's sort of, um, she plays uh, a prostitute who um, tricks one of her nobleman customers uh, into marrying her so that she can look after her children. Um, and it's just such a... It so talks about the Italian patriarchy and that it's sort of early feminism, the dismantling of the sort of uh, male patriarchy in Italy and religion and all that. So it's so very Italian. 
and very funny. Yeah, good. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, one that fascinates me is that I notice that on the list uh, there's Pinocchio. Well, I always associate that with Walt Disney back way back in the early 1940s or sometime like that. And um, but this one seems to be quite different. This is a not an animated film. And it's That's also right. a, a rather dark movie. So what have they done with them, poor little Pinocchio here? <laughs> well, it's kind of they've gone back. You know, Collodi's story is probably Italy's most famous fairy tale. And it's a really important cultural cornerstone in Italian culture, you know, the story of Pinocchio. And as you know, you know, fairy tales are dark. They're never they're <laughs> traditionally, they, they've got a little bit of, um, of that darkness and the scariness. Yeah in order to create atmosphere for children. Yeah. And we have um, Matteo Garrone, the director. He is one of Italy's most prominent directors right now. And what he has done is he's kind of gone back to the roots of the original fairy tale. So I wouldn't say it's dark in a frightening way because it's actually appropriate for kids, but it's also appropriate for adults as a story. It's quite beautiful. And the art direction, the costuming and the special effects are all done in a very traditional way. Um, so they're all in camera, so there's no digital effects. And you get the craftsmanship of that Italian tradition of filmmaking in it, where every texture and detail and the way it's lit looks like a painting. So it's one of my favorite films in the festival this year, and there's not a frame in it that does not look like a Renaissance painting. It is just oh, I see. so beautiful yeah. to look at. Yeah. So you, there's so many layers for people to watch, and I know that I've had lots of adults who have gone to it on their own for the pure aesthetic beauty of it, but it's also really fun. Okay. Well, lots, of, yeah. lots of great characters. Well, talking about Renaissance art, you've also got documentary on Michelangelo. That uh, he, he was one of the great <laughs> Renaissance artists, and uh, that that should be well worth catching up with too. Well, Michelangelo Buonarotti, you know, he's such a, you know, so important to Italy. One of my favorite bits in it is to see how they actually mined the stone. So Michelangelo was famous for being one of those um, sculptors who would go to the mountains where the marble was and choose his bit of stone. And um, they actually go to the exact place in the Dolomites where he collected his marble and they do the whole process like it was done in the Renaissance. And it, so it's breathtakingly beautiful and epic. And you get to see the, the magic of such a great artist who's influenced so much of Western culture, you know, the, the, his level of oh, his yes. culture, yeah. painting, poetry, architecture was just phenomenal. You know, he, yeah. he sort of typified the Renaissance man. Yes, very much so, yeah. And uh, talking, and um, also another one, uh, documentaries about famous people is Pavarotti, the opera singer. I guess he gets to sing, does he? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've got two films about um, opera, the uh, Music of Silence and Pavarotti, because, you know, opera is such an Italian art form uh, in terms of, like, it really it sounds and feels and speaks to the Italian sensibility. And so um, The Music of Silence is a narrative film about the, you know, the great uh, uh, tenor Andrea Bocelli, who, you know, who is blind. And, um, and whereas Pavarotti is a documentary by Ron Howard about the great man Pavarotti. And it, is so, it was so good to get behind the, the sort of um, superficial figure of this very famous opera singer Pavarotti 
And Ron Howard manages to make such a moving story. If you don't love the artist that was Pavarotti after seeing that film, you're, <laughs> <laughs> you don't Fair have enough. a heart. Because you get to see so many layers of him. It's quite astounding. Yeah. Really great man. Yeah. Well, we're running out of time now. So where can people find out more information about uh, what films are showing and when? Well, the films are all showing and starting from tomorrow night. Uh, actually on the, sorry, tonight, the 24th, isn't it? Yes. And um, in Christchurch at the Lumiere, yep. which yep. is really wonderful. Or you can go online and you can go to our website, which is... Um, Cinema Italiano NZ. And if you just put Italian films in your search bar, it'll come up with our website. And it's got the schedule of all our films. Ah, that's the important thing, yep. Yes, and the wonderful thing about the Lumias cinemas is that they have, um, they're really looking after everyone in terms of social distancing. And sometimes they open two cinemas up, so there's enough space for everyone. And they're treating everyone beautifully, so they know how to look after their guests. Good. Okay, well, thank you again, Paolo, and all the best wishes. And I'll be talking to you next year. (laughs) Grazie mille. Ci vediamo. Grazie a tutti. Ciao, ciao. Arrivederci. That was Paolo Rotondo with news on the Italian Film Festival, which starts at the Lumiere Cinemas tomorrow. I'd like to thank the sponsor of the show, the Harcourt's Grenadier Accommodation Centre, which is now located at 98 Moorhouse Avenue. If you're looking for a place to live, check out the Harcourt's Accommodation Centre website, www.assetmanagers.co.nz. That address again, www.assetmanagers.co.nz. Breaking news right now out of Thailand. Rescue teams are working through the night to save 12 boys and their coach trapped inside a cave. The monsoon had come early. The conditions in the cave were impossible. There was a very strong feeling that the children couldn't be still alive. We need expert cave divers out here. The Thai Navy SEALs put everything they had into it. The Rescue is an enthralling documentary about the rescue of 12 boys and their coach from deep inside a flooded cave in Thailand in 2018, which made worldwide news at that time. Ian Cumming has been off to the Lumiere cinemas to see this intensely gripping movie. Ian, how did the rescue affect you? Well, how did it affect me? I was riveted. I was astonished, I was absorbed, and I was thrilled, and I gave it six stars out of five, and that's my review. Yeah. Well, this film has already been awarded quite a few Best Documentary um, Awards at uh, various film festivals, and I think it's also due to be nominated for the Oscars, the upcoming Oscars, and uh, and I can see why, because this film is so, I mean, you know, it's so... meticulous. It shows everything, all the people involved. And you can't help but emotionally get involved with the whole thing yourself. Wow. Well, it's, it's interesting because it, it, there's high tension in the film, but we know how it ends, you see. This yeah, is unusual. That, yeah. We know that all the, yeah. the, the kids and their, and their coach got out li- alive. Hmm. But uh, having said that, I mean, the film is, uh, it, it is really, what's another word I can use? Enthralling, I suppose. <laughs> it, it engrosses you in this... Um, 
and it's done so cleverly, really, um, by this couple, Jimmy Chin and Chai Vasarang. I won't, sorry, Chai, I can't pronounce your name properly, but they got an Oscar for a film called Solo. Yeah. Where this one man climbs up a vertical, effectively a vertical. I must get that film. I've never seen it, actually. No, I've but, never heard of it. But, but yeah. So, the, so, you know, they were already Oscar winners. and um, they've, this, d- they've put this thing hmm. together, and, and it's extraordinary, really, because what we've got, what they've found, or what um, the man on the ground, um, whose name's Vernon, I think, off the top of my head, but he, he lives in, in Thailand, in the area there. And he was something of a caver himself. And what we're going to need, we're going to need these chaps from England. And they're weekend cavers. They do it for a, ho- a hobby. <laughs> these guys going to, into most extraordinary places um, just for the hell of it. Yeah. Uh, and they yeah ex- I've never heard of and, cave and, diving as a, as a, no. as a, well, as, a sporting as, as, hobby before. Well, there's a certain amount of to camera from the, uh, from the various cavers, and they explain the, the reasons they do it, the feelings they get of mm. solitude and... And sometimes they they're scared. It's it's yeah. it going into a dangerous environment, but you know, yeah. an, an exploration, you know, that pushes them on. Oh, exploration, forward, absolutely. Yeah. And there's a heck of an exploration in this network of caves. I think it's about six. They said at the beginning was it not six miles from the yeah, beginning, that, yeah, right into the the depths of this yeah. thing. And there's boys. I think they're at least four miles under underground to there, and you have to go deep through water to get there. And I mean, I think longest to stretch underwater is about two and a half hours or something, you know, so it's hard to get in for the men, but then how do you get boys out? Well, that's the question, because um, <laughs> as, as one of the um, narr- one of the people just talking to camera said, look, fighting the boys was the easy part. Because and that getting, was hard enough. <laughs> but that was get, getting them out and how to get them out. That was a major, major um, conundrum, problem for them. Which they solved, by the way, well, partly by um, another caver. They contacted him. He's a veterinarian from Australia, oh, yeah. and told him what what they needed. Which basically they needed his his expertise, uh, so they could sedate the boys because oh, yeah, he was a ta- medical bloke. The medical yeah, bloke. Yeah, well, yeah. I think he's a vet, vet actually, mm. veterinarian. But um, so they, he arrives with his syringes and his very sedation things, and has to tell the other divers because they're going. They take the boys out in groups of four over over each day, uh, and there's a number of divers with each boy as they yeah. take them out very slowly. And um, they're, 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 they're told if the boys start to look like they're in trouble, you just jab them through their... Um, yeah, give them a second injection. A, a second injection, <laughs> jab it through their, their wetsuit into their thigh. And, um, my gosh, no, it was... Um, I, I mean, you know, it's difficult enough for these fellows to go underwater for two and a half hours, but you can't do that to a young boy. But so that's why they decide. Well, let's knock them unconscious, and then yeah. And, and, but they still have to have a gas mask, an ear mask. And, on. and there's another bit mm. of tension with the last boy, who's a, who's a little boy, and they had problems trying to get the mask on. Are, <laughs> yeah, they, are they going to get the mask to fit? Does it leak? Because if it leaks water, you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a, there's a, one sad moment in the film, and I don't think it's spoiling it for anybody else, but there was one death. and it was it, We were introduced to this chap. I think his nickname was Sam or Sammy or something like that, and he's a Navy SEAL. Yeah. And we see him early on in the film, mm. and he was with a number of SEALs who went in as far as they could go. And it's, at this point, they start to realise, the organisers, with this uh, Vernon chap, say, look, we need to... They, got, they couldn't go any further, basically. We need some expertise, real expertise, so they bring this. Anyway, so Sammy, unfortunately for him, um, he um, 
succumbed to a lack of oxygen when he yeah. was trying to get out. So, yeah. But there was a very moving um, a tribute to him, you know, a full funeral and that sort of thing. And, mm. and his widow, yeah. um, she says, and uh, with subtitle because she's speaking in her language, of course, but she yeah. was proud to be a hero's wife. <laughs> yes. It was really quite a moving moment in yeah. the film. That's curious. Those boys were down there. I mean, it, this was done... It, a couple of a few weeks before with the time the usual monsoon rain starts, but the monsoon rain came a few weeks earlier this it year, did. and, and that went down, flooded underneath, and sort of isolated those boys well, underneath so that they. Well, couldn't they got get them out, out with a couple of days to spare because the entire underground system was then flooded. Yeah, and then there, there was going to be more heavy rain coming too, <laughs> yeah. and this must happen each year. But I mean, but usually, not to, it doesn't come down early. Right now, yeah. there's a couple of feature films. One's already been made and been hopelessly panned. Uh, it's called The Cave, an Irish film, but apparently it was awful. And Ron Howard, who's a very good director, is doing something called Thirteen Lives and that will be released next year. But I don't think they can come anywhere near the the feeling that we had as we watched this film. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. So that's something else to look out for, is it? Mm-hmm. Well, I, no. I mean, the point is, uh, however oh. good his film is, I don't I don't see how a fiction film, this is oh, better yeah, than yeah, fiction. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay, that's fine. Okay, well, thank you very much for that, Ian. It's my pleasure. Good. was Ian Cumming with his views on The Rescue. And I'm Hans Petrovic inviting you to listen to Movie Talk again on Plains FM 96.9 at midday next Wednesday. This program will also be repeated at midday on Saturday and you can listen to podcasts of earlier episodes on Plains FM website. That is plainsfm.org.nz. Plains FM 96.9